0: Good morning, Destiny family. Let me ask you on a scale of 1 to 10, how are you doing? Give me the, the number. Scale of 1 to 10, how are you doing? All right. Got them there? I'm waiting. Hold them up. I want to see. One of the few times the pastor is going to ask you to give him the fingers. All right. Now, let me ask you a question. You've given me your assessment. Simple question. Who cares? No, 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 no. No, I'm, I'm serious. Who really cares? And so here we are. We're worshiping, and God's doing great things. I believe today, let me just stir your faith. I believe today is a corner-turning moment. I believe what... Um, Pastor Josh and Pastor Chris are up here declaring I believe that they're Again, we don't coordinate these little conversations and things The Holy Spirit's having a conversation I believe today is the day to turn the corner And it involves a lot of different elements of our lives And I want to walk you through some things But when I say who cares What I mean is Who are you devoting yourself to in relationship Who really cares if your number isn't what your number really ought to be Because this is awesome, we gather shoulder to shoulder, but did you notice like there are cookies and fruit and uh, $100 bills on those tables? You got to find the right group now, but as you walked in, we saw all of our community group leaders set up and they're basically saying, they are extending an invitation for you to learn who really cares, Because Who Cares are the pastoral force of this family. And I want to honor our community group leaders. If you lead a group or co-lead a group, would you just stand? I want to say a great big thank you to setting up your tables, being here today. God bless you. Thank you so much. So if you want to know who cares, just stop on the way out at one of those tables and figure out when you go out and look to the left, that's kind of community group corner. And all the pictures of different groups are on the walls and information there so that you know how to get involved and get connected and build relationship and build rapport because somebody does really care. And we need to care not just on a great big general level, but we need to care on a really small relational level. And that's what our community groups are all about. Building community. So, you know, I, I just—I um, actually spoke at an event last night in Dallas and drove in. Got here at two o'clock in the morning. Uh, my brain's feeling a little scrambled right now. So, no telling what I'm about to say. <clears throat> but, but I—I just—I cannot shake what I feel like God has spoken to me for next week. And so I. I feel like it's significant to where we're going today. And so let me just give it to you this way. Pass the books down if you've not already done that. Take out your note cards, I'm gonna get to that. But I I wanna give you a profound insight to something we're gonna really get into next week because I feel like what I'm gonna say today is a part of it. Um, We're talking about when you pray, right? That's the focus, when you pray. The first week was when you pray, listen to God. Don't just talk all the time. Listen, God wants to have a conversation. The second week we focused in on when you pray, write it down. Like, what are you specifically, strategically aiming for? So we're talking about all these little keys. How many of you know that the Bible says uh, Jesus gave us the keys? How many of you have some keys on you right now? Right? You have keys. And the key is never about the key. The key is about what the key gives you access to. So I want, I mean, this is, this is, if you've ever, like, seen a big gate that's locked. How many of you ever like wanted to go somewhere and you got there and you realized the gate was locked, whatever that was, um, and, and, and the big gate there, and the gate is locked, and, and you can't get in, and, and our, you know, the gates of hell will not prevail. I just want to say, hell has gates. Heaven has keys. God wants us to unlock gates to let heaven invade the Earth and push back what the enemy's trying to hold back in the gates. Let me say it again. Hell has gates, but heaven has keys. And you and I have been given keys to unlock some things. Like the gates of hell are literally holding things back from the earth. Like the enemy has come and tried to dominate the earth and trying to hold back from us what God has determined belongs in our lives. He's a good, good father. Hell has gates, heaven has keys. Put your hand on your heart, would you please? Lord, I pray that you would help us to see today there is the ability to unlock some things that perhaps have been locked for a long time. You purpose and ordain specific seasons of time, and I believe that you have purposed and ordained this moment for us to press in and unlock some areas that have been perhaps locked up for a very long time. Hell has gates. But heaven has keys, and we've been given those keys. So heaven is going to get loose in the earth as we respond to you more effectively. In Jesus' mighty name, amen and amen. I'm ready. I'm ready. How about you? Today what I want to talk about is when you pray, we first talk, listen to the Lord, write it down. Today it's about our 2016 revelation. When you pray, enrich the earth and and I want to explain what that is but our word for this year is enrichment we are enriched by God for the purpose of enriching the lives of other people would you agree with that we are in let's say it together we are enriched by God to enrich the lives of others one more time we are enriched by God to enrich the lives of others how many of you are enriched by God are you blessed do you understand just how blessed you are Like, you carry something that you need to be carrying in a way that it becomes an expression into the lives of others, and it unlocks things. You carry something more than you realize you carry. The Bible says in Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6, unto us, famous Christmas verse, right? Unto us a child is born. And I love this because it says, the government will be on his shoulders. The government. What's the government? The government is the authority of God, the government of God, the kingdom of God. It'll be on his shoulders. How many of you know Jesus is the head of the church and we are the body of Christ? Shoulders are part of the body. You got it? Shoulders, we we did this exercise last week, remember? I gave you a few pickup lines. I hope you haven't used them. Uh, So the shoulders, the shoulders are part of the body. The the, the government of God rests upon the body of Christ. Do you get this? I know it sounds basic preliminary, but if you really, like, not just get it, but really get it, then it suddenly changes the way you walk. Because when you walk in authority, you walk a different walk. When you're actually in authority, when you walk into some place and you're really not in charge of anything, you kind of walk in seeing what's going on in the room. But when you walk into a place and you're actually in charge of that, you've been given an assignment there, you walk in with a whole different perspective that you might need to call some order here or there. Some of you in this room need to call some order to the devil that's trying to rob you and rob your kids and rob your family and rob your legacy because there's authority in your life. The government of God rests upon the body of Christ. I didn't come here to just preach you up a little bit and give you a nice motivational sermon. I want impartation from heaven. How about you? I want to be awakened to the eternal purposes of God that will literally propel us forward in unlocking and pushing back the territory the enemy's trying to hold out. God has purposed God has purposed that his jurisdiction and authority would rest on the body of Christ. I'm going to show you this in a couple of ways. If you go to Exodus chapter 3, you'll find where the Israelites had cried out to God, and God responded to their prayers. Isn't that awesome? When we pray, uh, God begins to respond. Only God moves mountains. Only prayer moves God. There's something about praying that's a really important part of our lives. When you pray... So enrich the earth, release something. And and notice this, because what we read here, starting in verse 8 of Exodus 3, God says to Moses, I have come down to rescue the Israelites. Their cry has reached me. He said, they've been praying, now I've come to rescue them. And Moses could have looked at God at that point and said, good for you. That is so nice of you. What a nice God. He could have done that, but the conversation didn't end there. God said, look, I've come down to rescue them. Who came to rescue them? God. I came to rescue them. God came to rescue them. Their their prayers reach me. They're crying out to me. I've come to rescue them. Verse 10, so now go. I'm sending you. I've come to rescue them. I want you to go get busy about the task of rescuing the people. Jesus came to save the world. Aren't you glad Jesus came to save the world? How many of you believe for God to transform our city? Come on, Reinhard Bonnke's in town. Todd White was in town last week. Steve Uppel with us last Sunday. There's some apostolic voices that are being released and launched right here in the city of Oklahoma City where you and I land and where you and I live. This place that God wants to do something mighty. I believe he's visiting and he's showing up and he's saying, I've come to change the city. Let's stop hoping Jesus will change the city and let's realize Jesus is hoping we will change the city he has come now we must go so we have to get our heads screwed on straight to understand this you are full of power you are full of anointing like you have so much when I say you're enriched by God I think God wants to give us a greater revelation of what that really looks like How many know God is the great I am he's the great I am. And that's why I want you to write this in on your next blank. And I want you to say it out loud with me. I am part of God's plan to bring God's kingdom to this earth. Would you say it with me? I am part of God's plan to bring God's kingdom to this earth. You are. You are part of the plan. Listen, I... I want you to know that our objective is not to merely gather crowds of people, to pay the bills, to keep the lights on, to support a few missionaries and, and a few uh, you know, places, orphanages around the world, and, and, and just be good and leave the world a better place. And we're doing all those things, but it's more than that. It's that we not just show up for some religious obligation and some sense of trying to do something nice and trying to do something good. I want to say to you, be the man of God, be the woman of God. God's called you to be usher the anointing into the earth that destroys every yoke of bondage, wakes up the lost, the sleeping, let them wake up to the purposes of God. That's who you are. We don't want to just gather people in the room. We want to truly make disciples. We want men and women of God who understand the purposes of God are to be awakened within our lives so that we might effectively, literally bring transformation as a result of our surrendered available lives. So what I want to ask you to do, some of you, I've actually sent a couple of messages here and there, but if you've been uh, like our Discovering Destiny little snack thing between the services, um, then we're doing a luncheon. And I invite you, if you went to the between the service thing, Come to the luncheon, because it's a more elaborate expression of of what this is. We're always trying to tweak and figure it out. But uh, September the 11th, okay? September 11th, we're going to have a Discovering Destiny luncheon right after the service. Those that want to be a part of the church family, that's how you do that. You walk that out with us in that that time. It's an interactive thing. It's going to take 90 minutes. You'll have a great meal. And we want you to understand why God made you so special. How many of you like to talk? Raise your hand if you like to talk. Uh, Quickly, you all, like, I saw your hand. Yep, I like to talk. I mean, you're all of a sudden like, we're the talk. How many of you don't like to talk? And like, those are more like this. I'd rather not get the, I mean, you know, God's made us all differently. And so discovering destiny is like for you to discover your destiny, why God made you the way God made you. And if you can understand your wiring and your design, then you can more effectively express your wiring and design. And then you actually start to discover God's plan for your life. And we as a church family become way way more productive in what God's called us to do. So take that merge card, fill that out, and just sign up for us, drop them in uh, the giving stations or see someone in the lobby for September 11th, right after church service. Now, I want to give you an assignment. Um, you have 30 seconds, yay even 25, because it'll take up my preaching time. And I know how you all start fellowshipping. I, I want you to take 29 seconds, and I want you to bless somebody. Go ahead. 25 seconds left. 18 seconds left. <laughs> okay, that is great. 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. All right, stop. Enough blessing in this room. So let me just explain why I did that. I want you to think about the two categories of people that exist in this world, and you will know exactly what I'm referencing. When I say bless someone, some of you in the room immediately thought of somebody that you could bless, high five, shake hand, give them a hug, whatever, Uh, slip them some cash, you know, whatever, whatever uh, you felt led to do you suddenly are you're doing this you hear me say bless someone and then you go like this all right who can i bless then there's another category of people and they hear me say bless someone and their response is i hope somebody will do that for me that's right there are two categories of people that come into worship They come in to bring something and release something to this atmosphere. I'm just going to tell you, we need to make some noise when it's time to make some noise and make the sound of heaven, let eternity erupt in this room. You have an assignment from God. When you feel like putting your hands down, then lift them just a little higher. When you feel like not shouting, shout just a little bit louder. Just clap your hands, all you people. This is a biblical mandate from God that we worship our God sacrificially. We should never worship God in a way that does not cost us anything. We should never worship God in a way that's about our convenience. It should be sacrificial in our expression, whatever that looks like for you. Just, I want to ask all of you, in this season of the church, let's bump it up another level of sacrifice. How many of you agree with me? We'll go there. Like, Let your shout right now and the clap of your hands be a little higher. We're just going to go there. We're going to go there. It's where God's calling us to go. I'm not showing up looking what am I going to get out of this like the preaching time tends to be the thought all right give me something but you understand like worship and and I you know I'm not I'm not trying to Lay anything heavy on you, but worship—it's easy to kind of meander in, uh, you know, as worship's kind of rolling, and then we kind of get to our place. And I mean, after all, worship—you know—is it really all that important? Listen, the word is where I'm delivering something to give to you very specifically, but your praise and your worship is where you're bringing something to give to God very specifically. So don't shortchange that blessing part of showing up to release something to your atmosphere. I need you praising in this place, people in this. Neighborhood needs you praising in this place. Not showing up just kind of evaluating the songs and participating here or there, but bumping it up just one more notch, just a little more. Because I'm not here to see what everybody's going to give me. I'm here to show up and bring something in this house. I'm in my home. I show up in my, not seeing who's going to be nice to me today. In my workplace. I don't show up in my workplace and say, well, I hope, I hope that I have a good day with the boss today. I don't show up wherever I go, hoping people treat me right. I show up on an assignment from God because I am here to enrich the world under the assignment from the hand of God Almighty. Come on. Stop looking to man for something God has already given you. Because once you lock your sights on the person, hoping they'll give you what it is you think you need, you lay something on them that is an undue expectation that they can never fulfill. Ladies, no man. I'm just talking to the ladies here. The guys, you just tune me out for a minute. I know you're good at tuning out things. I figured I'd get a amen from the, the soprano section on that. Ladies, no man can give you what God wants to give you. Don't lay that on him. Well, I mean, you know, I'm not asking him to be a spiritual giant pastor, but he's just a spiritual pipsqueak and... I mean, he really needs, he really, I mean, if he would just, then I would. If he would, if he would pray, if he would words, if he would read, if he would lead. No, no, uh -uh. uh-uh. You cannot control somebody else. Stop laying that on your man. Just do what God's asked you to do in the relationship and see what God will do. Guys. All you dudes, stop looking to girls to give you what only God can give you. As soon as you reduce this to something you're after, whatever that looks like in your life out of a relationship, you are no longer loving the person, you're using the person. We are really good at using people. I just want to be happy. I just want to find someone who will make me happy. If you're trying to find someone who will make you happy, you're not loving them, making them happy. You're requiring them to make you happy. You're not loving them. You're using them. There's nothing more painful than two selfish people in a relationship. There's nothing more beautiful than two servants in love. Stop focusing on what you think others should be providing to you, and start focusing on what God has called you to provide for others. It is a trick. How many of you are uh, believe this is helpful? Like, how many believe this will like help? If we'll get this, this will help. This will really help. It is a trick of the enemy to get you to waste energy being frustrated about things you cannot control causing you to neglect the things you are called by god to control relationally i mean you know as we're driving in dallas the traffic i just thank god i'm not called to live anywhere in texas but especially not dallas come on can i get a witness Oh, you football season all stepping up. I understand. I got I got some help in here now. I, I I you know you can't control all the traffic. You can't control the knuckleheads who do not know how to merge. Do not hit your brake pedal when it's time to merge into traffic. Uh, you either speed up or you slow down. You do not stop on a yield on ramp. I doubt doubt there are many preachers preaching this kind of power. Hey, you know, this city would be better if they would, though. Maybe I need to hold a workshop. Instead of just being frustrated and complaining about the stuff you can't control, answer to God for what you can control. I can control my attitude. Did you know self-control is actually a fruit of the Spirit? You can't control that relational dynamic. You can't control whatever it is around you, but you can control you. In a place of prayer, when you're listening to God and you're pressing in, suddenly there begins to be fire in your eyes. Suddenly there begins to be weight in your word. I hope you're developing a rhythm every morning of the things that we're asking you to do. I hope you have your song selected for this season. Every morning I turn that song on. This morning, even though I was tired and it had been a long night, I got up and turned on that song and went right to my list and began to declare the word. Something's being awakened in me as a Christian because I am pressing in in a deeper place of wanting the fire of God in my life. My preaching's going to new levels. My walking's going to new levels. My witnessing's going to new levels. Come on, how about you? My praise and my worship's going to another level. We're enriched by God so that we can enrich the lives of others. Here's the way it breaks down. I just want to give you a really simple uh, layout in Isaiah chapter 35. It's really interesting because, like, we're talking about not just the the natural stuff, we're talking about the supernatural. You do realize God's called us to be a supernatural people. I mean, do you do understand that? Like, we are spirit filled. Believers, we believe in the eternal God that invades the earth through our surrendered lives and we begin to function as God begins to awaken what he wants to accomplish. That's all supernatural stuff. Like my words to you right now, I I hope you understand and you discern. My words to you right now are not merely coaching of information, but it's declaration of impartation. The Holy Spirit and I are really in a partnership in this moment, and He's speaking some things. There's a sound that starts to erupt out of my belly. I sometimes cannot contain it. My girls told me last night how scary I get whenever I'm preaching. Sometimes I went crazy last night preaching, and, and there's just something that starts to erupt, and the Holy Spirit begins to take that sound and embed it and deposit it in people's heart. I hope you know right now you're in partnership and relationship with the Holy Spirit, and you're either receiving what the Holy Spirit's wanting to deposit in you to prepare you and equip you, or you're saying, well, I'm not sure about that because your head gets involved. Let your heart and your spirit, man, rise up and be strong today. A little more. a Step up. Come on. Just one step more. Shouting and clapping and declaring. We're going another level. You are a supernatural people. You are enriched by God. You're enriched by God. There's something supernatural about your life. Isaiah chapter 35. Here's what God, when God asks us to do something, this is the progression. God asks, I came, I responded to the prayers, I'm sending you. I'm asking you to do something. Here's what we're told to do, Isaiah 35, three and four. Strengthen feeble hands help people in need. Steady the knees that give way. Find people that are faltering. Be an encouragement to them. Use your words. Say to those with, with fearful hearts, be strong. Do not have fear. Your God will come to save you. How many of you just need somebody to come alongside of you every once in a while and say, your storm is not overtaking you and the storm only sinks the ship. If the water gets in the boat, I believe that we can actually not allow the storm to get in us in the midst of the storm. But sometimes I need somebody with me saying, come on now, Lawrence, don't let that storm in your heart. Don't start with that attitude where you start moving in a, in a place of fear. God is bigger than your storm. God is bigger than your situation. We need each other. I'm sorry it's not a commercial for community group, but guys, if you're not in true community with other believers, then you're missing something in your life. There's an element of strength and power and an awning you're not going to experience. It's simply the way it works. So you do these things. You strengthen others that are feeble hands, steady knees that give way. Say encouraging words to those that are struggling. Be strong. The strength of God belongs to you. Don't fear. Don't get into fear. Don't start being afraid. Your God will come to save you. Your God will come to save you. I just want to say I commend Charlie and Dee, Dee Glaze for the way they've walked through this storm. It's been a tremendous storm. And it ain't over yet, but I declare that they have moved almost all the way through and the, the storm is now breaking and the clouds are opening and this next stretch, this next season, you are breaking through in Jesus' name. I met Josh this morning. Josh has been walking through addiction. He's from Brooklyn, and and if he's out there, when you walk out, he'll ask you for some coffee. He's been walking through some issues in his life, and God has sent him to this place of this season. God is awakening something in you, sir, for the next season of your life. You're moving into a place of great advancement, and I'm declaring that over you now, in Jesus' mighty name. Come on! What am I doing? I'm strengthening feeble hands. I'm steadying knees that give way. I'm saying, I'm saying, using my words, be strong, do not fear. Your God will come to save you. Your God will see you through. You do what you can do. Now watch this, because this is where it gets really wild. You do what you can do. And look at these next two verses. Powerful. After we do what we do, after we do what we're called to do, then God will do what only God can do. Then, verse 5, then, after you do what God's asked you to do, then will the eyes of the blind be open. Now we're starting to see supernatural force in the earth being released. Then will the eyes of the blind be open and the ears of the deaf be unstopped. Then will the lame leap like a deer. Come on. The mute tongue will shout for joy. Water will gush forth in the wilderness and streams in the desert. Would you just say, I am part of God's plan to bring God's kingdom to the earth. Let's say it. I am part of God's plan to bring God's kingdom God's kingdom to the earth and we're not trying to make you a bunch of sweet little nice religious people we want you to rise up in the anointing of God use your words to release something in full expectation that God is answering as a result of our willingness to release something in the earth you have been enriched by God to enrich the lives of others you have been enriched by god to not just not just to merely encourage we don't hope like lost people who don't know jesus hope we don't encourage like lost people who don't know jesus encourage You can have hope and you can have an encouraging expression without it being a supernatural release. But God's called us to be a supernatural people that when we pray, we enrich the world in which we live. When we declare, you see it, when we make that declaration, God is coming on your behalf. God is coming on your behalf. There's never a time that anybody in our team that visits a hospital doesn't show up with a declaration of what God is wanting to do or say. We want to pray and hear that, and declare that. Why? Because when we do what God's asked us to do, come on, then the supernatural power of God begins to be revealed and released. Harold Sanders, second service, I guess. Uh, Harold be here. Harold went in for a, an incredible surgical procedure, a huge heart operation, and, and you know a visitation person goes to see Harold and and there's Harold. The doctor said it's going to take eight hours for you to have that surgery. And this person visiting Harold shows up at the hospital and says, I was praying for you and I felt like the Lord said that the surgery was going to take half the time and the recovery was going to be twice as fast. Now, now what was that individual doing or saying? Just praying and believing and and sensing what God's wanting to say. And that eight-hour surgery, ask Harold about it sometime. That eight-hour surgery took three hours and 57 minutes. And the doctor was astonished. His recovery took half the time. It's amazing. The surgery took half the time. He recovered twice as fast. Just like God, I believe you and I have something to release in the earth. I believe you and I carry something of supernatural value to our world. You've been enriched by God to enrich the lives of others. I'm going to ask the worship team if you'll come. I'll give you your last blank. Today, today, our gathering today, our conversation today is about how to move beyond merely existing to truly living. We don't want to merely exist we don't, I mean, the Bible says this over and over in so many ways. We don't grieve like people who have no hope. Even when we die, we die differently with an entirely different perspective. Jesus changes everything about life, and Jesus changes everything about death. Jesus changes everything about your words. Jesus changes everything about your conversation. Nathan uh, and Renee are, are out of town this weekend. Nathan, you've heard his story a lot. This guy was homeless, living on the streets, strung out on meth. Like people that did the quantity and level of drugs that he did in his life, uh, would be generally speaking sitting in an institution today. But God reached into his life, drew him out. He he moved from Washington State to Oklahoma, lived in our home for two years. Uh, Today, serving God as a pastor, married, four children. And and I'll never forget, I actually went to pick him up uh, from arriving on a flight one time. And as he walked off the airplane, there was an Asian girl that spoke kind of broken English. And, uh, and she, he had been seated by her. I think she was actually from Hong Kong or something like that. And, and, and as he was seated by her, I guess they started to have a conversation. And as they walked off the plane, she was following him, asking him more questions. And so he was trying to honor my schedule and say, you know, I'm sorry, we need to go. I said, no, take your time. And he turned and, and began to have a conversation with her, shared Jesus with her in a beautiful, beautiful way. She was very responsive and she looked at me and she said, I've heard about Christianity, but this man, when he spoke to me, his words went into me. How many of you want that? I mean, that's who God's called us to be, not just a bunch of walk around, be sweet, nice, religious people. Come on, you carry the, the authority of God, rests on the body of Christ. Your words have weight. Your eyes need fire. Your praise needs to go just a little more. Your shout and your clap needs to go. Your prayer time needs to go. We're just going to take it a step up. All of us going to go. Just another step up. Just, it's time to enter into a new dimension. I believe God wants to unlock some things in our relationships. I believe God wants to unlock some things. Come on, let's just all stand together. Lord, we ask you to unlock some things in our hearts and our lives. In the name of Jesus, I'm going to give you your commission. I want to give you your commission, and it's the same thing we've been talking about in this when you pray focus. Pray daily for the Holy Spirit to give you promptings. How many of you know God's having more conversation with us than we're realizing? Pray daily to hear those promptings. Pick your favorite worship song. Do you have that? How many of you have your song selected? Can I just see? Pick your song. Play that song on repeat. In this season, that song becomes like a pile of rocks. God does something in your heart in this season. The Israelites were always piling up rocks. And later in life, you're going to come back to that song and rehearse what God did in this season of your life. I'll guarantee you. Pray for the prompting. Select your song. Play that song with your prayer list in hand. What are you specifically praying about? Practice those promptings. God's going to speak to you. And I want to just challenge you fast and pray every week. Let Thursday be a focus, at least a meal, where we as a family gather together in a perspective, uh, spiritually speaking, in in fasting and praying because we're hungry for the things of God. We are hungry for the things of God, Lord. We are hungry for the things of God. I, I, I heard the Lord say this morning as I was praying, God wants to increase our faith to enlarge our territory. Do you believe that? See, this is the problem. We want God to enlarge our territory. God wants to increase our faith to enlarge our territory. We, we want God to enlarge our territory. But God wants to increase our faith to enlarge our territory. He's wanting to do something in you, not just do something for you. He wants to do something in you. It requires something of you. It requires something of an expression of your worship. We're just going to press in for a few moments in this place of worship. Would you just... Express something out of your heart out of your life Some of you need to pray a prayer of agreement right now. How many of you there's something you know God wants to address and deal with in your life Just raise your hand if that's you you know God wants to address and do listen don't deal with that stuff alone I'm gonna ask our prayer teams if they'll come and be up at the front and be available during this time Because we're gonna press in and we're gonna begin to worship Some of y'all need to just come up and say take me by the hand. Let's agree. Let's pray. Let's declare Some of you maybe need to step back and just stand at the communion tables back there, maybe with someone else, and take communion and just say, Jesus, your broken body, your shed blood. Come on, this is powerful. Don't let this be rudiment. Don't don't let this just be regiment. Receive communion and declare, Jesus, you gave everything. I just seal this in my own life. I receive it now. Maybe that's your moment. If you came prepared to give, then I challenge you. you, This is something God has all, listen, God has always made sacrificial giving as a part of worship. He's always done that. And we are like a saturated sponge. Until we give out, he doesn't put more in. It's just a basic principle. You don't tell the fire give me heat and then I'll give you wood. You don't tell the bank, give me interest and then I'll give you an investment. That's not how it works. You don't tell God, give me blessing. Then, I'll... No, God's wanting to enlarge your territory because he's trying to strengthen your faith. And I want to challenge you with your giving. Let your faith be strengthened. You just abandon yourself and say, God, take everything that I am. I just w- how about you? I just want to give everything I am in a posture of sacrifice and service and love and adoration that God would be able to navigate in my surrendered available life. I want to see an army of the living God raised up in this place that leaves a trail of saved souls and an entire an entire element of humanity transformed come on why don't you give him praise right now just give him praise let's press in for a few moments and worship our god